0: Last week, two more states were added to the list of wanting to open the Constitution up for revisions. That moves advocates to halfway to their mark of 34 states. Their main argument is that federal government is overreaching and needs to be reined in. But instead of getting the federal government to obey the Constitution, their focus is on changing the Constitution. That's like saying your marriage vows are too stringent So let's focus on changing them instead of obeying them. We'll look into this folly in this episode of Analysis Behind the News, where we provide the perspective and the plan to save American freedom and independence. State legislators in both Wisconsin and Nebraska were duped into falling for the emotional, illogical arguments brought to them by Convention of States. In Nebraska, part of the resolution reads, The legislature of the state of Nebraska hereby applies to Congress under the provisions of Article V of the Constitution of the United States for the calling of a convention of the states limited to proposing amendments to the Constitution of the United States that impose fiscal restraints on the federal government, limit the power and jurisdiction of the federal government, and limit the terms of office for its officials and for members of Congress. Notice the three areas they are wanting to propose amendments. To impose fiscal restraints, limit the power and jurisdiction of the federal government, and term limits. To those even contemplating this, let me ask, did you know the existing Constitution does all three of these already? Open your Constitution to Article I, Section 8. This is the bulk of what Congress has the power to legislate on. These are the powers that the states have delegated to the federal government, limiting its reach. If the federal government has gone outside of its reach or its scope, then it is a usurpation of power from the states or the people. According to the Founding Fathers, this usurpation must be met with either a resolution stating noncompliance or simply just not complying. The federal government is already limited It's time states start to follow the founder's advice. Regarding fiscal restraints, if Congress only operates within the constitutional limitations, then there would be no need for further restraints. We estimate 80% of the federal government exists because of its operating outside of its limitations. Getting rid of that 80% also gets rid of a substantial cost. The The legitimate cost could be easily paid by excise taxes as suggested by the founders. The U.S. would have huge surpluses and the debt could certainly be paid. For term limits, the Articles of Confederation, the acting constitution before there was the constitution, included term limits. Yet, when the founders wrote the constitution, they got rid of term limits and opted instead for frequent elections. If the American electorate doesn't like their elected officials, they can replace them all within six years through elections. Similarly, the Wisconsin Constitutional Convention resolution targets those three areas as well. However, Wisconsin started off with five whereas's that are rather interesting. The first is whereas the founders of our Constitution empowered state legislators to be guardians of liberty against future abuses of power by the federal government. And they did, by limiting the federal government with the Constitution. But it's hard for state legislators to declare they are guardians of liberty when they have barely met a federal grant they didn't accept. Now think about that. The average state receives about a third of its revenues from the federal government. If you want to guard liberty, how about demonstrating that by following the advice of the founders not to get caught up into entangling alliances. Next, whereas the federal government has created a crushing national debt through improper and imprudent spending. Very true. But if states stopped accepting federal revenues, wouldn't that rein in some of this improper and imprudent spending? Whereas the federal government has invaded the legitimate roles of the states through the manipulative process of federal mandates, most of which are unfunded to a great extent. Right, but the states need to accept some responsibility here. When usurpation occurs, the founders suggested nullification. Stop following these mandates and push back with nullification. This was among the only tool that lifted the tyrannical lockdowns in 2020. Legislators, sheriffs, county boards, prosecuting attorneys, and mayors were among those who stood up against the governor's mandates and would not enforce them thus lifting the lockdown. This can certainly be done by state legislatures who decide if they are going to be devoting resources to enforce a federal mandate. Next, whereas the federal government has ceased to live under a proper interpretation of the Constitution of the United States. Wrong, this is weaselly lawyer speak. The federal government doesn't need to interpret the Constitution, it must simply obey the Constitution and work within its limitations. It's obviously not being done. Finally, whereas it is the solemn duty of the states to protect the liberty of our people, particularly for the generations to come, by proposing amendments to the Constitution of the United States through a convention of the states under Article 5 for the purpose of restraining these and related abuses of power, explain to me how proposing amendments will protect the liberty of the people when most of these legislatures haven't taken the first step in understanding the limitations of the federal government, nor understand that the proposed amendments may actually make things worse. Folks, the Constitution is alive and well, but it is ignored. It's ignored by Congress, it's ignored by the President, It's ignored by the Supreme Court in exchange for case law. For the most part, the Constitution was followed for the first 124 years and the country prospered. But with government increasingly encroaching the everyday lives of Americans, prosperity for many is fleeting. The New American Magazine calculates a score for each member of Congress regarding their adherence to the Constitution based upon the votes they cast. Our latest numbers indicate that the average House score for this index is 35% and the average Senate score is 42%. Only seven representatives and three senators earned 100%. This means that for the 535 members in the legislative branch, they adhere to the Constitution anywhere between 35 and 42% of the time. Would your spouse be okay with that amount of adherence to your marriage vows? Would you trust Congress to call a convention? Article 5 in the Constitution declares the Congress shall call a convention for proposing amendments. Those advocating for Congress to do so like to say that Congress will have nothing to do with the process once it calls a convention. However, this is not true. Back in 1979, some groups were calling for a convention too. Article 5 also declares that when two-thirds of the states call for a convention, Congress shall call one. So when states were getting close to hitting the two-thirds mark, a subcommittee of the U.S. Senate held a hearing to consider convention procedures. In fact, it reads right on this book. Bills to provide procedures for calling constitutional conventions for proposing amendments to the Constitution of the United States on application of the legislatures of two-thirds of the states pursuant to article 5 of the Constitution does that sound like they are going to sit out the convention process do the notes from the hearing and its related bills in this book look like they're willing to sit out the convention process and let the states handle it all on their own again this was in 1979 and thankfully none of these proposed laws passed but Let's jump back a few years to 1973 when a proposed convention procedures bill did pass the Democratic Senate. The Federal Convention Act of 1973 had the same description as the front cover of that green book. There are some very interesting answers to questions on conventions that can be extrapolated from this. For instance, where do the delegates from the convention come from? Section seven answers this. A convention called under this act shall be composed of as many delegates from each state as it is entitled to senators and representatives in Congress. In each state, two delegates shall be elected at large, and one delegate shall be elected from each congressional district in the manner provided by state law. Any vacancy occurring in a state delegation shall be filled by appointment of the governor of each state. Right there should be enough for smaller states to realize their voices will be drowned out by the bigger states. Further into the bill, this is confirmed under Procedures of the Convention, Section 9. In voting on any question before the convention, including the proposal of amendments, each delegate shall have one vote. Each delegate gets one vote. That alone should send shivers down your spine. The socialist left coast and the socialist right coast would dominate the convention. Folks, this is democracy in action, right? Majority rules. And as far as who gets to call the convention, Section 8 answers that one. The Vice President of the United States shall convene the Constitutional Convention. Now at the rate of which the calls are coming in, this won't happen for many years. But are you going to gamble with the possibility of having another Kamala Harris in office to convene the convention? Can you imagine that? Convention advocates often point to what they call a fail-safe in Article 5, which says, three-quarters of the states, or ratifying conventions, must ratify the amendments before being added to the Constitution. Okay, yet, what happened at the last federal convention? In 1787, the convention held in Philadelphia met for the sole and express purpose of revising Articles of Confederation. But what happened? They were not just revised, rather they were thrown out and replaced with the current Constitution. Replaced by such tempered and learned men as George Washington, Alexander Hamilton, James Madison, and Benjamin Franklin. At the convention, they decided to exercise the rights of the people to alter the government, as stated in the Declaration of Independence they scrapped the articles and started over, even instituting a new ratification procedure. Again, how much do you want to gamble that today's delegates would only stop with simply offering amendments to the Constitution instead of entirely rewriting it, complete with a new ratification process that could be way less stringent? Many leftist think tanks have already drafted versions of the Constitution, and folks, they're not pretty. They read as if government is in charge of your rights and that those will not be exercised if they conflict with government. Even a highly touted lawyer for the Convention of States, which advocates for a convention, has helped to write a new draft of the Constitution and it obliterates the Second Amendment. The president of COS, Mark Meckler, has called this lawyer the foremost conservative constitutional scholar in America. How much trust and confidence would you put into a convention? If the Constitution is not being obeyed now, why would any new amendments make a difference? Folks, unconstitutional government has made leaps and bounds within the last two years. The fact remains that tyranny gripped many communities and stripped away your freedoms. Enforcement of this was stopped by mostly local officials and some state level officials through the practice of nullification as well as judgments by the courts. No constitution or amendment is worth anything if it is not enforced by those who have declared an oath to obey it and if we the people do not keep these elected officials accountable. Examples of this abound wherever tyranny takes root. The John Birch Society opposes a convention and works with the grassroots to get elected officials to understand their oath and how to obey the Constitution using the tools the Founders gave us. They've been through it and many trembled for fear of another convention. Let's protect what the Founders gave us instead of gambling with having the roots of freedom completely torn away. Learn more by going through our Constitution is the Solution video series. You'll find it and all the supporting literature for free at jbs.org. If you prefer physical products, those are for sale at shopjbs.org. Additional resources are also available at our Choose Freedom Stop a Con Con page at jbs.org. Links are in the video description. Who do you know wants to protect American freedom and independence? Have them join the John Birch Society today. I'm Bill Hahn for the John Birch Society and until next time, stay informed, Stay active and be bold, patriots.